Oliver woke up at like 1.30 last night slash this morning. He starts saying goodbye, goodbye, <laughs> waving at his ceiling. And I'm like, um, who are you saying goodbye to, buddy? And he was just like, goodbye, goodbye. And I was like, all right, we're going to go to bed. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back to Reading with Celebrities. I'm Lindsay. I'm Tiffany. And today is our discussion on True Biz. Yes. So it's our th- it's our third Reese book. I know, I feel like it's going so fast. It's wild. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> but um, as usual, we have a little biography about the author and then the summary and then our discussion so i had a very hard time finding a lot on her like i looked for interview because i wanted to make sure i said her name right because i don't know if it's sarah novick or sarah novich yeah um looked on like youtube and looked up at like for reese's book club i was like i don't know maybe they got something there there wasn't anything there and i managed to find an interview she gave back in 2017 that kind of gave a little bit more of her background. So um, that was on bookpage.com and then her own website had a little bit of something. Yeah. And I can also read that little blurb at the back of the book too. Okay. I don't think it's going to be much different because if it was the form what I looked at, it's not a whole lot. But um, all right, let's get rolling. Um, Sarah was born in 1987, and growing up, she kind of moved back and forth between Croatia and the United States. She is a deaf novelist and a deaf rights activist, and she even founded the website called Redefined, which is all dedicated to, like I said, deaf rights. Uh, She has a Master's of Fine Arts from Columbia, and she's an assistant professor at Stockton University, and she teaches creative writing. Was that was um, amazing? The back of the book. Yeah. So it just says that at, at Columbia she studied literary translations, and then um, I know you're going to talk about her novels, so mm-hmm. I can mention those when you get there. Um, and then it just says she was an instructor of deaf studies and creative writing, and lives in Philadelphia with her family. Yes. Um, so some notable works. The first one is Girl at War, and that is inspired by her time spent in Croatia growing up during the Croatian War of Independence. And this actually started as a short story story for a creative writing class, and apparently her professor pulled, said, come see me in my office, or she thought she was going to get yelled at, and the professor was like, you need to turn this into a novel. Like, I will be upset if you do not write this. And she was only like 18 at the time. Um, but she wrote it, and it's another, like, highly rated book that she wrote yeah it won the american library association's alex award and was a finalist for the los angeles times book prize yes um then obviously true biz from 2022 yeah (laughs) a more recent reese's pick um and then she's also written america's immigrants and that was in 2019 and it's profiles of various immigrants to america that you know, 
kind of show what like in, what it means to be American and how they've been important throughout history. And this is she wrote the biographies, but it's also somewhat illustrated, and that was illustrated by Alison uh, Colazar. And like you said, translation-wise, she's translated a lot of like poetry from from Slavic into English, I believe. I just remember reading that she had translated a lot of poetry. That's what I think. So, yeah. Wish I knew more, but it's okay. Um, all right, moving on to Trubis. So we had three main characters, and the first is Charlie, who is a deaf girl with a malfunctioning cochlear implant, who is new to the River Valley School for the Deaf, and she is finally learning American Sign Language. We have Austin, who is sort of the, the deaf son of deaf royalty, so his family, there's a long line of um, deaf culture, deaf family members in his family, and he's also a student at RVS. And then there's February, who is the hearing daughter of deaf parents, and she's the headmistress of the school. Yeah. Those are definitely uh, the three main characters, and it's kind of like with Whisper Network, so they all have their separate like little storylines, and then eventually come together. Yes. Um, so I guess technically the novel opens up, but they're at a press conference at the school, and there's three missing students. They don't know why they're missing. They don't know, like, there's a rumor going around that there was, <laughs> they were kidnapped by a serial killer who's intent on taking out deaf people. <laughs> but in reality, you find out at the end what, what actually occurred. Um, we also learned that February, when she was in second grade, jammed a pencil into her ear because she was like, it's too loud, I'm sick of people talking. <laughs> yeah, so like both of her parents are deaf, mm -hmm. but she was hearing and yeah that scene at the beginning like it just gave me like the heebie-jeebies like to just jam a pencil into your ear yeah that made me shiver i can't even think about it yeah and then i like everybody's reaction was mine which was just like what the fuck february <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then you do know who the three students are that are missing it's austin his roommate elliot and yes. then at the very end end of that little chapter you find out that it's also charlie missing and charlie. she's like oh because at first they just oh, thought shit. it was austin and elliot and yeah. then she was like oh shit because <laughs> charlie's dad shows up and he's like hey i gotta pick up my daughter she's like uh, uh i don't know how to tell you this yeah. <laughs> but she's gone too <laughs> yeah so um, and, then, and then after that oh sorry go ahead i was just gonna say and then it jumps to six months earlier and that's where like yeah the per the, per the main Part of the book, yeah. Um, so first we're kind of introduced to Charlie at a young age. Her parents chose to give her a cochlear implant over introducing her to the deaf world, deaf culture, learning American Sign Language because they wanted her to assimilate into the hearing world. Um, this led to Charlie struggling in school because she couldn't always hear that well with the implant and there was no real accommodations made to make sure she could lip read properly. You know, the, the teacher would say something in class and then immediately turn to the blackboard and she just was, had no idea what was going on. Um, additionally, not a lot of her classmates really attempted to associate with her, really. 
Uh, Charlie's relationship with her mother is also strained due to the lack of acceptance of her deafness. We kind of, at the very beginning of the book, we're at the part where her parents have divorced and Charlie is finally allowed to uh, attend the RBS and learn, uh, excuse me, learn ASL. Her father, he's very much so supportive. He learns along with her. Uh, her mother just wants nothing really to do with it. Charlie feels out of place at the school, but quickly finds friends and a sense of belonging. You know, she's picking up American Sign Language much faster. She's learning the culture, the differences, the history behind um, like sign language and the deaf community. But this entire time she gets getting, keeps getting very bad migraines, passing out. And it's determined that her implant is basically electrocuting her brain because it's malfunctioning and there had been a recall on her implant. But they didn't send out letters because they were like, well, obviously if you're having issues, you're going to come to the doctor and let us know anyways. So then we'll yes. just figure it out from there. We're not going to send a letter saying, hey, there's a potential recall. Like, could you imagine yeah. that with like cars? Like, we'll just wait until <laughs> you get like into a car accident and then be like, oh yeah, there's a, there was a recall with your brakes. <laughs> yeah, just... the engine just was like spontaneously exploding, but yeah. yours hadn't exploded yet, so we were yeah, like, Yeah, we oh. hadn't heard anything from you, so we assumed everything was good. Man, imagine your brain being electrocuted. <laughs> um, and then at this, when they find out that there had been a recall and determined what her issues had been, because um, up to this point, they just kind of were like, Hey, your mom gets migraines. Yeah. Like, this is kind of normal. You just might need an upgrade. Um, and she's also, mom, at a, yeah, she's also at a new school where there could be stress-related stuff, too, that you yeah. learn about. Because at first you don't realize what's happening to her. You just know she's feeling nauseous and she's passing out. And you're not realizing that it could be this implant that she has. And she keeps, throughout the book, keeps mentioning that there's this, like, buzzing noise. There's this pain there that she can't quite. But again, everybody's just like, ah, you got something stuck inside your head, like, that's gonna like there's nothing that we see is wrong yeah um well her mother insists that she undergo the surgery again to replace the ci and charlie is like absolutely not i'm so much happier with my sign language with my deaf friends being finally immersed in a world that accepts me for who i am instead of trying to change me yeah so like what ends up happening is like she's part of like a school play and again she starts to feel like this like, nauseous and she ends up in the center of the stage and like passes out and ends up like in the hospital and they actually remove the implant and she feels so much better but then that's when her mom's like hey I think we should replace it and she's like don't you even think about it and her dad's like trying to just like make right with his mom and is like maybe we should consider it and she's like if you do it I'm getting it removed when I turn 18 anyways mm -hmm. um, like how do we know that this one's not also going to be a recall and stuff like that I a tiny, I guess, plot point that I found difficult to think about in this part was her mother was like, you're not, like, you're a minor, I make this decision. But in the beginning, after they had gotten divorced, it had been basically a court order of she is being out of, like, hearing school, like, regular public school, and she is allowed to go to this deaf school to see if she performs better. So, like, that was a court order. Well, yeah, and it was also... I, I also find it hard to believe that there would be any doctor willing to operate on a teenager who is able to make that decision for themselves. Yeah, and I think, too, at the beginning, like, the, the dad 
was saying, like, if I get her, I'm willing to take her to this deaf school. And the mm-hmm. mom was like, if I have custody of her, I'm not doing that. And so I think that's where the judge was like, clearly she's having some issues in school. There needs to be a change. And I think that's where his decision was that her dad got custody of her. Yeah. So I just found it weird that, especially now that it's shown that, like, her grades are improving. She's socially mm-hmm. doing so much better. Yeah. I guess maybe maybe that's my... I don't know a whole lot about yeah, I think, again, the culture around like the surgery and stuff like that. So maybe there are doctors out there willing to do it. Well, but... especially, I mean, I do think there is obviously parental, like she's going to need parental. Uh, like, So if the mom says yes, like the daughter is going to need some like proof to say like, this is why I don't want it. These are things that have happened. My grades are clearly improving. I'm learning ASL. I'm starting to learn ASL and stuff like, I think she would have to show those things because, like, again, a doctor is going to follow what the parents are saying. Like, she is a minor. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where the thing, like, unless the daughter goes to the judges, like, I need you to rule on this. Like, yeah. most doctors are going to be like, parents made the decision. Like, she would definitely have to just fight and, like, tell the doctor, like, this is why I don't think I need it. But as a minor, I remember when I had my gallbladder out, like, I was... 16 I wasn't even 17 yet 16 and I had to like like I had to be the one that signed the paper saying I am willing to undergo this surgery my parents had to co-sign it but if I had refused to sign it they wouldn't do the surgery yeah so that's like that's the the part in here I was like maybe like that just seems very unethical for a doctor to just do that yeah I mean so that was to me a little like plot sticking point that i did, but again, yeah. maybe it, maybe it's different. I just don't. I mean, know I have no, I have, I've never had surgery like this before, so I have no idea, like how it works, like signing papers, having being a mm-hmm. minor and stuff. Because, like, again, being sixteen is a lot different than being like a two year old, right? Like a two year old. Yeah, and Charlie is fifteen. Four, yeah, fourteen or fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I was thinking about how she made a really good point about Austin's baby sister. Like, she can't be the one to tell y'all when she's in pain, because she's a baby. Well, that is a good segue into Austin. Um, Again, like I said, Austin is kind of, like, his family is referred to as deaf royalty. They have a long line going back of, it was like, what, like, his great-great-grandfather was deaf, and then he married a deaf woman. They just kind of passed this line down. Yeah, they're very Um, proud and happy when a new baby is born yeah, um, and they're also very prominent. Like, they hold fundraisers for the school and all that. Um, but at the beginning of the school year, before he moves back into the dorms, uh, we find out that his mother, again, who is deaf, is very, very, like, very close to giving birth to his sister. And on the night that he receives the news that she has been born, he rushes to the hospital in the middle of the night. And there's kind of, like, this beautiful scene of where he holds her for the first time, and there's this, like, beautiful connection between the two of them, and... I, I really liked that scene. I thought it was very precious. Um, but then when the hospital hearing test is performed, it's determined that she's actually not deaf and she has some hearing ability. And the family's kind of thrown into this whole conflict um, because his father is hearing, but he's an ASL interpreter, which we kind of find out it's for the hospital. Like he's an interpreter for Charlie at some point when she's, uh, discussing the implant uh, but he 
I think unintentionally describes her as being perfect and is excited to share his hearing traditions with her. Uh, he's got some songs that his mother sang him when he was younger that he wants to be able to sing to her, reading books, stuff like that. Um, but this really hurts and offends Austin, who now feels like he's less than in his father's eyes. Um, but at the end of the book, it is revealed again that his sister's initial hearing diagnosis is incorrect and she is now a good candidate for a cochlear implant. And it's kind of leaning towards both of his parents in favor of her having one. Yeah. And um, Austin is becoming friends with Charlie and sees, like, the issues that she has with hers and is starting to realize, like, this is not a good idea for his baby sister. Yeah. Um, and their, their argument, the parents' argument is basically, like, it's not... It's not as safe, especially for a girl or a woman, to not be able to hear their surroundings, and this can give her some security. Yeah, and then technically she she was hearing when she was little, so she already had some of those sounds and was that were recognizable. So they didn't want to take all of that away from her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's essentially Austin's. I mean, he has like a really nasty ex girlfriend. She's just kind of a side character. <laughs> yeah. She's the one that, like, at the end when the three characters are missing, like, we're getting to that part, oh, she God. posts, like, a YouTube video that's like, um, please pray for my three friends. Like, they're missing, and it could be a serial killer, and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, even though Austin really hurt me, like, I'm trying to be the bigger person. And then she's like, please go like, subscribe, and follow to my channel. <laughs> God, that reminded me of, like, every horrible true crime podcast where they're like, they were brutally murdered. Have you been having trouble sleeping? Try these CBD pills. Also, <laughs> Just like, please go, like, follow, subscribe, view all of those things. <laughs> Not that we don't say the same thing, but whatever. But it was just great. It's fine. It's fine. Um, and, like, during this whole time, um, they're in production of putting on a play of Peter Pan. Austin is playing Peter Pan. His ex-girlfriend, Gabriella, is playing Wendy. And then um, Charlie is, like, part of the backstage crew, like, helping doing all the setup and stuff. And that was, basically, she was forced to do that because she called the headmistress a bitch. A bitch in her class, <laughs> yeah. Because she has, she's had to take on a class for teaching. Yeah, we'll get to her, but... So she was I don't think she realized... Well, she knew that February was uh, not deaf, that she was hearing. <laughs> but, you know, she got so used to nobody else being able to hear her. Yeah. And she was having difficulty, like, finding the signs. She's like, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'll let you transition to now that. Yeah. Yeah, so February, um, I just described her stress throughout the entire book. <laughs> like, I felt like she could never get a break. Yeah. Um, so first she received news that the school will be closing, sending all the students back to mainstream school and really a lot of them back to families who have closed off from them, neglected them because they're hearing and they, they essentially see it as I can't connect with my deaf child. So instead of putting in the work to learn, you know, sign like, like figuring out how to communicate with them, they just kind of shun them, which is very upsetting, um, she also has to come to terms that her deaf mother is beginning to decline with dementia and can receive better care at a facility. Her, 
her wife Mel. It was Mel, right? Yes, Mel. Okay. Mel has slowly convinced her, like, she's going to be better off there. Like, you know, they can give her the 24-hour care she needs. And her best friend's there. And they can hang out together. So, like, it's really not as bad as a situation as you think it is. However, shortly after moving her there, she passes away. And February just kind of loses herself to grief for a while. Yeah, she ends up, um, I think, passing away on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, but you you kind of learn, like like you said, like her mom has um, dementia. And, like, she has her really good moments, but then she has her really bad, where one moment in particular, um, one of the security guards, Walt, from the school calls um, February and is like, Hey, um, your mom's here, and you might want to bring some pants. Yeah, she's yeah, not really wearing any clothes. Yeah, so I think that was kind of a turning moment for her. Because at first I think she was a little, like, mad at Mel for suggesting that mm-hmm. they put her in a facility. Um, but I do think that it did help her. Like, when she would call her mom, she seemed really happy um, and all of those things. So I do think um, that decision was a hard one for her. Um, I thought Mel was my least favorite character. And we'll get into that. Yeah. See, I, I didn't like February. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get to that. Because (laughs) now is where all of these three characters kind of finally come together. Um, up to this point, Charlie and Austin, they have been developing romantic feelings for each other. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty together. Since the start of the school, February kind of assigned Austin to give her a tour of the school and stuff, and so that's how they became friends. Yeah, because February, I think, recognized that not only does she know the language, but she also doesn't understand a lot of the culture and the nuances that go along with it. Um, And she, you know, since Austin has grown up with it for essentially generations, like, he would be, he would be the best candidate to help her with that. Um... So Charlie has this friend named Slash who went from just kind of being this quiet, weird boy to full-on anarchist. Yeah. His original, his original name was, like, Kyle. Yeah, his Jason. name was Kyle. It was Kyle. And he's like, hey, call me Slash. And he's yeah. in this band. Yeah, they, they do a lot of drugs. Yeah, they met at her old school. He was, like, a senior, I think, when she was a freshman. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where they met. Um, and so kind of, she kind of slowly figures out that he and his bandmates, like I said, um, they're very, like, anti-establishment. They go and, like, rob, I don't even remember what store it was, but you kind of find out they, they're robbing supplies to make pressure cooker bombs. And Charlie kind of, <laughs> at one point, I remember, walks down, sees it, and she's like, all right, I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> just leaves, because she, she can just sense something bad's going to happen. Yeah. Um, however, Charlie is upset about the surgery, the new surgery coming up. And then there's, you know, Austin, who's kind of got this pent-up frustration from his, his dad's reaction to his sister. And he also finds out that the school's closing because his dad yes. was an interpreter at that meeting. Yes. And his dad kind of let it slip that the school was closing, so then Austin mm-hmm. knew. And then um, his roommate, Elliot, has his own little side story where he's got this massive scar alongside of his face. 
and it's revealed in his backstory that he was deaf and one night his family was driving somewhere and his dad was like signing something to him from the front seat and they ended up getting into a car wreck and his dad died. So then his mother becomes con convinced that it was actually his deafness is a curse and that's what caused the father to die. So she turned to some extreme religion to try to fix his deafness and essentially poured a bunch of oil in his ear and lit him on fire. And the, the church uh, did that. The like, church did it. Yeah, yeah. Not just his mom separately. Like, the church convinced her this is what needed to be yeah, done. Yeah, so, like, so at they, church, they surrounded him, held him down, and did that. Yeah. Not a, not a grade A parenting moment, but, um, but he just kind of, you know, he smokes. He's kind of like, he, I wouldn't say he's the bad boy, but he, he's like chaotic neutral in those things where he's just kind of like, oh, that girl's at the window again and helps her in and then just like leave. Yeah, and then, like, once again, like, February, like, specifically rooms Austin and Elliot together to kind of, like, opposites attract. Maybe Austin mm -hmm. will rub off on Elliot kind of thing. Um, but then she catches Austin smoking a cigarette outside. Yeah. She's like, God oh, dang it. <laughs> She's like, that's not how it's supposed to happen. It was just, like, February's chaos. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, God um, oh, dang it. Yeah, so then he's kind of, like... I don't know, I wouldn't say, like, fed up, but he's just like, yeah, I'll go with you guys. Like, I'll, I'm up for a road trip. Yeah. So they go, and Charlie, Austin, and Elliot go and meet meet up with Slash. And their plan is to go essentially plant some of those bombs at the, the factory or this place that's making the faulty hearing aids that should have had a, a thing go out and be recalled, but they didn't. <laughs> Meanwhile, February realizes what's happening, rolls up to the scene, and is just like, what are you guys doing? This. Yeah. Um, so th the students in February start walking away. Meanwhile, Slash is like, fuck it, and just lights the, like, causes the bomb to go off. Um, and then they just kind of stand there and watch it burn. And then there's a text exchange between Charlie and Austin that says that their protest is silence is golden. Yeah, that's kind of how it ends. You don't find out much about, like, if the school ends up closing, um, if anything like that. Um, that's kind of how it ends, is, like, um, they actually end up bombing the, the place, and... Nobody was in it. Yeah, nobody was in it's it. Empty. And, th and that's what their plan was. Their plan was not to harm anybody. Their yeah. plan was just to... This was their way of protesting. Yeah, it was to make a statement. Not that it makes it right. Do not go do that stuff, please. <laughs> please stop building pressure cooker bombs. God. Um, They're so much better for, like, macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Please. Um, Please. So, yeah, that was kind of how um, it ends. Some other, like, things. There's a lot of, like, tension between, like, February and Mel. Mm -hmm. Like, their relationship and, like, um, there's uh, another teacher at the school. Now I can't think of her name. It starts with a W, I think. Is it Wanda? Wanda. Oh, it's not Wendy. It's Wanda. It's Wanda. And... Um, she is a deaf teacher at the school that, um, before February even met Mel and was married, they had, like, a little fling going on, but now Wanda's married to a man, happily married, but Mel still sort of has, like, a jealousy with her, like, February told Wanda that the school was closing, but didn't tell Mel, and things like that. There's just little things here and there that February does that Mel feels, um, like she's just not being, like, a good wife or whatever, so, um, that's, like, another small little 
And then there's also Charlie's roommate, Kayla, who is black, and her... Um, there's, like, throughout the book, too, there's not only snippets about sign language itself, like how to sign certain things or the syntax, but then you get history on, like, deafness in America and deafness throughout the world. And then related to Slash, you get some things about his anarchy movement and all that. Um, yeah, like the history of it. Like, there was a college um, deaf university yeah. that there was a protest because... Um, they were choosing a new president for the university and they had three candidates and two of them were deaf and one was not. And they ended up choosing the hearing one and the students protested and um, eventually that president resigned and then um, I forgot who the other person was, but they ended up resigning and one of the candidates that was deaf ended up becoming president of the Mm -hmm. university. Um, And then so Kayla is very intent on Especially because we learn, I thought this was very cool, that black sign language has been more consistent throughout the years because with segregation and uh, racism throughout America, like they were, they were kept very insular outside of having to assimilate to the hearing world. So like the, essentially the black dialect of sign language, American sign language, is much more pure and has been around a lot longer than the current American sign language. Yeah, um, one of the instances in the story was they were citing the word chicken, and Kayla did the word, and then Austin's like, no, no, do it this way, it's much easier, and Kayla's like, that's actually a racist way to do it, and I think at that point, like, Austin didn't realize that, like, Mm -hmm. he didn't realize that, and so she kind of, like, explained that history of black sign language, and then to make Austin pay for it. She did like a TikTok video where, TikTok she, where she like slapped him. It. Yeah, like slapped him in the face. I mean, he was okay with it. He was like, okay. But yeah, that's he was like, of, I need to apologize. Yeah. That was horrible. And I think even um, like Charlie, again, like she's just now learning sign language and she was like, she even like apologized to Caitlin was like, I did not realize this. But mm-hmm. it's just interesting to think like, like, it's like a small movement, a different change of that word and it becomes racist. Yeah. But yeah. A lot of was, nuances. Yeah. Cuz it was something I didn't think about until that part of the storyline came about. No, cuz I did know like each country essentially has yes. its own version. Mm-hmm. Like Australian sign language is different than American, it's different from British, and I did know that American is much more similar to like French sign language. Mm-hmm. Um but I never really thought of and there's this girl, this deaf girl on YouTube that her shorts keep popping up and she was explaining even within America, like regional slang is different. So, yeah. and you think about it, like even speaking there is oh, like, yeah. down here, it's y'all up there. It's you guys <laughs> like, um, yeah. So like, you know, it makes sense. Yeah. But it's just, again, I didn't think about it. So I was, I, I, what I liked about this book is like you said, like there was little things that it showed you, like it kind of taught you some sign language, but then it also, taught you about the history like it would have like these mid chapter breaks where it taught you about the history of sign language and mm-hmm. or like you learn about how horrible alexander graham bell was when it Whoa, came to right? death i was like didn't know this was a thing because again you do not learn about that in school and so i found that really interesting and i'm glad it was in there mm-hmm. that was yeah that one was that was wild i do like how 
the author knew partway through she's gonna be like people are gonna want to know like the dirty words and the swear words oh my gosh right and so there was that whole chapter about like having sex yeah like there was a whole thing about different sexual terms she was, I was like perfect <laughs> that cracked me up I was, I was like, like this is what we need <laughs> well I had expected in the upcoming chapters I was like oh this is gonna get a little more explicit it never really did no uh, it, so it just made yeah. me laugh like almost like yeah and like I know that's like any language you learn you want to learn the swear word right you want to learn the bad words the yeah. sexual words you want to learn all those yeah <laughs> like usually when you learn Spanish it's the cuss words that you learn first we I remember for German um the rumor was this was not true as a senior who graduated taking all four years <laughs> of German was that if you take all four years and you go to graduate, like, once you officially walk across that stage and get your diploma, your German teacher's going to hand you a list of the swear words. Oh my god. That would have been so great, though. Again, not true, because she goes, just look it up in the dictionary. She's like, I'm not going to... She's gonna... like, there's nothing stopping you guys now from doing Yeah, this. she's like, it's not like I was holding it against y'all. <laughs> like, that y'all can't Google or do that yourselves. <sighs> but, yeah. Um, okay, so, I didn't like February and you didn't like Mel. Yeah, so February, I'll give it to you. She was she was very scatterbrained. It was almost like somebody needed to sit her down, make a list, and have her like do stuff. But for me, Mel was incredibly unsupportive. Even at one point, they mention they've been together for how, like so many years. Her, like February's mother went with her to go pick out the ring because, and it was like Mel's gonna like this. And Mel has never made a further effort than like basic signs. To talk to her mother-in-law. Yeah. And so it's just like, I don't understand how you can sit there and try to act like Mel's supportive and she's being so open and honest when she's putting in the bare minimum. Oh, I did not say I liked Mel. Oh, okay. I mean, true. <laughs> it's like, I, don't, I was like, I just, I thought, again, with February, I thought she, again, she had a lot on her plate. She was dealing with the school stuff. She was dealing with her mom that had dementia, which I understand is one of the hardest things to ever have to go through. But at the same time, she intentionally did not tell Mel things. And, oh, no, yeah, that was... Uh... And I was like, you intentionally are not telling her because you think it'll upset her. And then, like, when they're at the Christmas party and she sees that, like, Wanda and Mel actually are, like, becoming friends, she's like, oh, I kind of don't like that. And I just, I, I think the way, I always felt like when she was around Wanda, she always still had a thing for her. Like, the way she touched her when she was in the car and stuff like that. Yeah. I just, I felt like if you do have, still have feelings for her then you don't need to be with Mel. Like, I think y'all are both... It, it kind of reminded me in a whole different way, but, like, um, in The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo or whatever, like, um, Evelyn Hugo and... I can't think of her name. I always forget her name. But her, like, true love. like Celia? Celia St. James? Yeah, like, they were so toxic for each other. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just... I felt like this... I was like, you're refusing to tell your wife that you're going to lose your job and you're going to have to get a new house. The way her wife finds out is a man comes and is like, hey, we're here to tear, take pictures because your house is going to go up for sale. Yeah, I did like, not agree. I did I'd not agree like, with that. What? Yeah, what do I do think house? Mel should have known. Like, February should have told Mel as soon as she found out. Yeah, especially if it's going to um, affect their lives and they're going to have to move. Like, that's... that's yeah. I just, I don't know. I just felt like they both, like, just were not good for each other. They treated each other like shit. And, like... I don't know, I just, to me they were not good, and I it just made me not enjoy February's character, and I was like, 
I feel sorry for you with dealing with your mom and stuff, but other than that, I was like, I feel like you put this on you, like, I felt like I did feel like February did not owe Mel like telling her that Wanda was working at the school. Oh yeah, I don't think that. Like Like that to me is what made me angry. It was like Mel's again, Mel's jealousy kinda came out of nowhere. It was like there yeah. was nothing it's not like Yeah, that wasn't it's not like there was an overlap of your yeah, relationship. That like that was so fun. long ago. And she's married to a man. Like she's happily married. Like I need her to work for my school. Like they're there might be a small selection of people I can hire at this school. Yeah. Like, you need to get over it. Yeah. Like, I agree with that. Like, you need to get over it. Like, all of those things. I just, both sides, I was like, I don't know. Yeah, I always, I always felt like Mel wanted February to give more than Mel was willing to give back. So she really annoyed me. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know. I really like this book. It was my favorite of the three we've read so far. Yeah, I think at the beginning, I thought it dragged on. I was like, we got to get going. Because I think also, because I started reading it, I think I started reading it on Monday. And I knew I wanted to finish it for this week for the discussion. And I was like, I'm barely moving. I think on Wednesday, I was like on page 27 or something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Tiffany, it's been three days. Like, you got to like pick it up. But I think like, once I sat down and started reading it and, like, getting into the characters and learning more about the characters, I found it harder to put down. Like, I think Thursday and Friday alone, I read well over 100 pages, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, I definitely got back into it, but at the beginning, I I was, it took me a minute. I was like, we got to pick this up. <laughs> like, And I had seen that you gave it four stars, so I was like... Yeah, I, because once again, like an idiot, <laughs> I forgot to not rate it, so, so you I was wouldn't like, see I, it. I hope this gets, like, going... I just, but it might have also been because at the beginning, I felt like it was a lot of February and Mel, and I was, like, already, like, I don't yeah. care about them. But I think once it went going, like, I agree. I think this is my favorite of the three that we've read so far. Yeah. So, yeah, I really, I really, really enjoyed it. I do agree. Like, there's sort of, there could have been some bits kind of cut in and out. I yeah. was frustrated that... And I know this is just kind of medicine across the board for a lot of people where they keep saying, there's something wrong with this part of my body. And then the doctor replies, well, there's nothing coming up in our tests, so you're fine. Like this gaslighting. Like how many times did Charlie have to be like, my implant is throbbing in my head. There's pain surrounding the area. I keep passing out. Like all of these things keep happening to me. And they're like, oh, it just looks like some wires are fried when that doctor knew that there had been a recall. Yeah, he finally... Like, the very first time it happened, it should have been, there has been a recall on this. We need to look into it. It wasn't until, like, they did, like, an x-ray where he was finally like, oh, this makes sense. There's a recall on this. Yeah. What? You... I I keep coming to you because I'm in pain. Like, that should have been the first indication, like, okay, this is probably what this is. Like, let's get ahead of it. Like, do you want to say this? Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, even the scene about, like, talking about, like, the, the, like drainage that they had to like take out like that mm-hmm. it was leaking into her brain yeah like that's not okay yeah that so that like but i know that's kind of that was kind of the point where she was going was like you know medical professionals don't listen to people when they tell them very explicitly i know something's wrong yeah yeah it's just like that thing of like 
Or like when you take your car in and you're like, it's making this weird noise. And then when they drive it, it like somehow. It doesn't make the noise. It doesn't make the noise. And you're like, I swear to God, something is wrong with my car. If you do not fix it, like, it's just the same. Like, I'm telling you something is wrong. Something feels out of the, out of ordinary. Something Mm -hmm. is not right. And for you to just tell me, oh, just take some pain pills or just go do this. Like something is seriously wrong. With my, with my, again. I think I mentioned in the beginning, my gallbladder surgery, like it was about a month of every time I ate, like I felt nauseous and throw up, but I just felt like sick and gross. Finally went to the doctor and she was like, well, it's probably something you're eating. So keep, keep a diary and take some Pepsid. And I was like, I know the Pepsid's not going to work because I've taken it before. And I know my diet is all over the place and (laughs) it just happens every time I eat. There's nothing specific that makes it act Like I'm eating everything and it messes up. So after like a month and a half of doing this stupid fucking journal, which I made up half the time because I was like, I know I'm not eating anything that's going to, you know, I'm not sitting there eating like a gallon of ice cream every night. What? Um, I finally go in and she was like, oh, you know what? There's been a lot of girls lately whose gallbladders have been removed. So let's send you. I was like, if I'm in that age bracket with the same exact symptoms, with the same exact thing. Why would, why would your first response not be, let's just go check your gallbladder function? <laughs> because you know what? That thing, I got it checked. It's supposed to be working between like, you know, like 30 to 70%. Mine was at eight. Mine was functioning at 8%. <laughs> so you know what? <laughs> so it's things like that yeah. where it's like, you know, if you're I know, being told, you need to listen. Yeah, it's, it is frustrating. And you're like, I'm, no, I'm telling you, this is different. Like, this is not just stress. Cause then, like, that's also like, well, has anything changed in your life recently? Like, are you stressed? I'm always stressed. Like, like trust me, that's not it. I'm not never stressed. How about that? Let me tell you where I work, and then let's talk about stress, okay? God. But this, this, uh, the River Valley School is like pretty much fictional. Um, it's located in the like near Ohio, Cincinnati, tri-state area, and so when she references like St. Rita's. Like, oh, maybe some people can go to St. Rita's, the private deaf school. That's a real school. Oh, that's cool. It was, cool. like, up the road from my college. Oh, that's really and They cool. would always do a, like, a uh, like a haunted house fundraiser every mm-hmm. year. And I was like, we need to do that. But then we'd always chicken out. <laughs> <laughs> so we never did any haunted houses. But, yeah, that's a real school. I did, I did find it. I, obviously, we talked about how she's a deaf rights activist, how the focus of, like, this lack of, accessibility towards deaf people especially younger deaf students where like the like if you want people to thrive you need to put them in an environment where they where they will yeah and she had that entire list of schools for the deaf that had been shut down over the years it was huge it was like what two or like two or three pages long yeah so i don't know i don't i can't it's crazy to me that school districts would be so concerned about funding and getting test scores up and then ignore students who are so smart that could help aid in that for mm-hmm. stupid testing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, it was definitely just a different book, something that we had never <laughs> read before, something that it was a fictional book, but you learned so much just by the little snippets that she put in there. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought it was so cool to learn about the history of it. Like, it wasn't just a book on deaf history. 
she made it into this great like fictional story, but at the same time, you're still learning. Yeah, and I liked how it wasn't very academic when it came to the cultural aspect of it. Like, it was just naturally worked into the storylines, yeah. learning about it. Um, yeah. Like, you'd find out what they're learning about in school, and then she'd have, like, a little section in the chapter. It was like mm-hmm. a like a Wikipedia-type page that <laughs> you would click on, and then you'd learn about um, the book, or the what the history is of what they're learning. They're kind of going through their learning as they were. It also... The idea of giving birth and not being able to communicate with your doctors or nurses horrified me. Oh. Really any medical thing, but yes. like, that just like truly, and then uh, like Austin's father is trying to like run back and forth and do it and figure all these things out and, and then talking about how the nurse was very condescending of like, cause I've, I've, I've read before that with lip reading, if you accentuate, it makes it more difficult mm. to do it. So you have to do it a little bit more naturally. Yeah. And so the nurse being like, are you okay? <laughs> I was like, oh, well, Austin's mom's about to slap a hoe. And you know, that was something that we learned about during COVID is like people that do lip read, like with wearing masks, it was mm-hmm. something that we didn't think about. Like, yeah. no, like they, like they have to see your lips and. During Eventually, COVID. somebody yeah, yeah came out with the masks that were clear. Yeah. But I remember reading somewhere that they fog up. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, but you just—it was something again that we're privileged to that we didn't think about, like wearing a mm-hmm. mask. And granted, I mean, even for us, it is difficult to hear people with these masks. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know what you just said. That's, so uh, I can't imagine peak era of just being like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. What? Wait, and then laughing just... and agreeing because you just didn't know what they said <laughs> just... and you were terrified of trying to pull figure it out. Put down your mask real quick and you cool down. But, like, again, that was something that we didn't think about and because it wasn't something that we've ever had trouble with. And so that was something interesting that, I mean, you learned during our COVID time. So. I love the hypothetical deaf utopia that was described where like all the buildings are just going to be like clear windows so you can see through them and a lot of lights rather than like beep 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 and like hearing people also had to learn sign language and do Mm -hmm. it yeah it was cool I did think it did a good job too clearing up that like sign language meets the criteria of being its own distinct language so it's not it's not American English just being like typed out in your fingers. It's like an entirely separate language. Especially when Charlie was so confused of what do you mean there's no verb to be? Like oh, how yes. do you tell people you're doing like how do you, I am fine. How do I tell you that? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like you don't. Like that's it's like learning any other language where you're like, I'm sorry, how do I do like Spanish, how sometimes you can just drop things. I'm like, I don't I don't know what that means. <laughs> Anything else with this book? No, it. I would say, well, other than what's burnout work, um, these, like, start off to Reese has been really good, and I really, really like this one, so I have high hopes for the rest. Yeah, and speaking of the rest, I have the next three, if we want to announce them. Yes. I have the titles because I lost my document with 
all the other things attached to them. But yeah. yeah. All right. So our next three books are The Dictionary of Lost Words by Pip Williams. This was the May twenty two May twenty twenty two pick. Um, a young woman grows up watching her father and a teen collect words for the first Oxford English Dictionary. Um, she realizes that some words relating to women's existence are missing, and she begins to search out words for her own dictionary. Um, the next one is The Henna Artist by Aka Joshi. Uh, this is the May 2020 pick. Um, it's set in the 1950s, and a 17-year-old Lakshmi escapes her abusive marriage to the city of Jaipur. There, she becomes the most highly requested henna artist and a confidant to the wealthy women of the upper class, but she can never reveal her own secrets. And this is the first book in a trilogy. I have heard very, very good things about this book. Yeah. I just, I remember, like, when this one came out, like, how popular Mm -hmm. it was. And the last book is Happiness, a Memoir by Heather Harbin. And um, on the cover, it says it's the crooked little road to a semi-ever after. Um, it's the April 2018 pick. And it says Heather and Brian's romance comes to an end after Heather learns she is pregnant. Brian doesn't want kids, and Heather moves to California to give birth. Soon after her baby's arrival, she's told that her daughter is greatly ill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a memoir, so I'm assuming it's going to be pretty sad. Usually are. Yeah. So I mean, then, it is called happiness, though. So. Yeah. Um, so that are those are the next three picks. Rundabar. So I'm pretty excited. I think that's it. Yeah. That's it for True Biz. We'll be yeah. back next week with a discussion. Yeah, and you gave it a four star. I think I would do go between a three point seven five and a four star. I wish Goodreads would let you do half stars. I know. It would be so much easier. go give us a like, follow, subscribe, review, all of those fun things. Um, we'll be starting the 25 Days of Book Miss soon on Instagram, so please go follow us there at Reading with Celebs and then Twitter. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I need to apologize for my post about uh, Jeanette McCurdy's memoir. I did not realize that that border was going to be flashing. <laughs> That's so thing. now it looks like Razzmatazz, Jeanette McCurdy. It <laughs> and is. I was like, I saw it and I was like, oh, that feels inappropriate. I mean, it feels like we're in a disco over here. It does. And that was not mine. <laughs> <laughs> when it popped up on my thing, I was like, woo, we are here. <laughs> I just wanted like the solid border because the colors went and I had to take a screenshot of the cover because I know I read it on Kindle. Yeah. So I just, and I didn't see it until like, two days later and I was like oh my god <laughs> this is horrible so anyways I'm sorry Instagram is yeah I thought it was a reel at first it very well could be I had, I yeah. don't know what's happening <laughs> the flashing really got me yeah um yeah and then Twitter is reading WCLS and we'll see you next week happy reading bye guys bye